Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast. This is your deep dive into all things movies and entertainment through a colorful perspective. Your favorite minorities are reporting for duty. My name is Shama, and here with me as always, Raul. Hey, hey. On today's episode, we will be discussing our top 10 from the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. Oof, yeah, and this was not easy, I feel like. Like, we had a lot of sifting through it. It was actually much more going into it. I did not think it would be this difficult to figure out our top 10. Uh, but there was a lot of good content. And actually getting out to the nitty-gritty, going through, you know, for me, 46 films I've seen. For you, uh, 52, 52, 53. 53, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was uh, interesting. Um, you know, you start by sorting it by, like, your rating. But also, it's like, sometimes it the highest rated are not necessarily your favorite, right? Yeah. So yeah. then we have to do some ranging there. But uh, but no, if this is it. We're here. I think we're happy with our top 10 lists. We are going to be going through them uh, from 10 to 1. Um, I'm going to start us off. And what we're going to do is, you know, if, for, like, if I have a film on my top 10, but Shama has it lower on his top 10. So, for example, if my number 9 is Shama's number 5, he, uh, I'm going to not talk about it until he's ready to talk about it and he's going to lead us off on that because obviously he is higher on this movie than I am and so we're going to let him talk and then I'll give my comments so that's kind of how the breakdown will be that way the episode's not so overwhelming not so long uh and keeps it flowing keeps it fun but before we start make sure to give the show a follow at mreportpod on twitter and instagram and subscribe to the website for any and all new content at mreportpod com. First and only on today's report, Sundance 2021 Top 10. So yeah, here goes our Top 10. My number 10 for today surprised me in ways I cannot believe. It was my second to last film. I actually didn't plan to watch this film until it got recognition at Sundance. And then I said, you know what? I have to watch this. Um, so I did. The film is president president is takes place in zimbabwe zimbabwe is at a crossroads the leader of the opposition mdc party nelson chamisa challenges the old guard zanu pf led by emerson nangagua the election tests both the ruling party and the opposition so it's a film about the 2018 political campaign or the political process of Zimbabwe after Zimbabwe had been under oppression for like 50 plus, you know, 38 years, I think. Yeah. For 38 years. They say it many times in the film. Um, and yeah, and it's a really, really interesting, you know, it, it just barely made my top 10, but it surprised me because the film, I feel like for documentaries, it's a bit long, but it is so interesting. Um, it, it shows how scary politics can be. Um, it shows how dangerous too much power can be, especially in a government, especially in a democracy, right? Quote unquote democracy. Um, and then it just shows what can happen if, if it's not if it's not true democracy, you know. Um, and so I found the film, I found the first 45 minutes or so to be a little slow, a very slow burn. But once it picks up, it picks up and like. So much happens and it has a little bit of like it gets your your blood going and like it, there, you know, there's a little bit of 
danger in it, a lot of bit of danger in it. Um, and there's like, you know, revolutionary elements to it. Um, and it's just a fun, interesting ride that, you know, yeah, that just like makes you question a lot, makes you concerned for things that we're seeing, um, and also makes you just aware of a process in another country that like we don't experience it, or we have not yet experienced here in the U.S. But what really made this film stand out and get in my top 10 is the ending. You don't see the ending coming. And the final shot, you know, no spoilers, the final shot just leaves you like, wow, what a perfect way to end that. I agree. I've seen this film. It didn't make my top 10, but um, it always reminded me of how dangerous politics can be. It reminded me of the Arab Spring that started in Tunisia and Egypt in 2011. And then you, you can see like how lots of uh, governments have been in power for a long time and how people are trying to oppose them and trying to overthrow them through in years and they never succeed. They see the unfairness and it, things never happen. Sometimes it, it makes you appreciate what you have and sometimes makes you more scared of optional things that can happen without without preparation or, or without noticing. It's just like building up. But um, in, as a documentary, as in, in, in its way of filmmaking, uh, it was really excellent. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, it, it's a much more extreme version of like, you know, the things that people are fearing here because of what's been happening in the last couple of years and what they've been seeing. And it's just really interesting to see like that to the extreme. Also, I have such an appreciation for the people that shot this documentary, like they put themselves through. Oh yeah, they were brave and yeah. very yeah. brave, uh, and and it was very dangerous. And I just, yeah, I, I really really loved it. I really appreciated that. Um, yeah, so that's my number ten. So where are you at? My number ten is on the count of three. It's a movie about two friends, two best friends, and two guns, <laughs> and a pact to end their lives when the day is done. When you read the synopsis before the festival started, I said like, okay, I don't think this is my type of a film or my kind. And there was no like preview or something. So, and the picture that the film was promoting, like uh, it looked okay for me. And I was so happy to watch this film. Like the choice, I didn't choose it. It came like by, because it, it was more convenient for the time I was watching the film. So it came in order there. And I enjoyed every single second of the film. Performance was fantastic. Directing was really good. It's it's um, a different take on a sad story, like about how people can think of something about their lives without appreciation and how they can escape it. And while they're in the progress of escaping it, they can see things they have never seen. And they are experiencing things they have never experienced. And it made them, or it makes them have um, new decisions for what can happen afterwards without spoiling anything. It's, um, it has its comedic relief to, to reflect very strong uh, principle. So I, I cannot spoil anything about the film, but I really enjoyed every single second of this film. Yeah, this is when I feel the same way. I, I was not... It almost made my top 10. I was not interested in watching it because of the, the image, right? That yeah. they put as like the quote unquote poster. Um, 
and because of the synopsis. Like, it was just not interesting to me. Um, but you watched it. You loved it. A lot of people were talking well about it, so I decided to watch it, and I agree with you. Uh, yeah, really good, really entertaining, um, and they did a great job. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a, a must-watch. I think it's a must-watch. It's a must-watch. It is difficult content, you know, trigger warning. You know, it deals with suicide, um, but it's it's a must-watch. It's, it's really good. And now I, I understand, like, how the synopsis wasn't revealing, you know, because I believe it, it just, like, needs more time to write a synopsis that cannot spoil anything of the film. My number nine is The Sparks Brothers. It's a documentary by Edgar Wright, but it's Raul's number five. Mm -hmm. So we'll keep it till later when, when we reach number five and Raul will start talking about it. Oh, so then we'll move on to my number nine. My number nine is another one that surprised me. It was one of the midnight premieres and it's called Knocking. A woman leaves a psychiatric ward after a nervous breakdown only to start hearing mysterious knocking sounds in her apartment. This I was actually really looking forward to, um, and it did not disappoint. Um, Shama, I don't think you got to catch it. No, it's um, one of the very few that I really wanted to watch, but I didn't get a chance. There was no time for it. I'm so it, was, it was so entertaining. Um, you know, it was shot on a low budget, like on the introduction, you know, at Sundance, it was introductions and the director talks to you. Um, you know, they made a point to say, oh, we had a very low budget. Our DP had to get creative because we could not afford a lot of the equipment to like get fancy shots. So we just had to get creative. Um, and man, did they get creative. Such great shots, uh, beautiful cinematography, um, very poignant cinematography that keeps your attention. And it and it it is very much of the genre, right, that they are going for. It's, a, it's like this kind of psychological thriller, you know, um, messing with you. Like, is this happening? Is this in the, in her head? Like, you know, what's going on? Is she losing it? Is it as or actually somebody upset? So it's like, and it, and it messes with you, has different twists and different turns. And it keeps you really, really engaged. And it and it delights. And it's a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward for you to watch it, Shama. I would not be surprised if it made your top 10 if you had watched it. But yeah, I highly recommend this film for people out there. Knocking. It's a smaller film. It's a an hour and a half, but it feels like the perfect amount of time. And, and and then the ending just is so satisfying. You know, one thing that I was worried about this movie is that I was going to dislike the ending. But no, the ending is very satisfying. And, and, and it just adds to like the rest of the film, like just how good it is. No, I'm so excited to watch it. Like I, I cannot believe that uh, that the, uh, I have I have to get a chance to watch it soon when it happens, but like when, when it's out. I will definitely, definitely give it a shot. Now, at my number eight is Flea. But Flea is Shama's number three. So Shama's going to talk to that about that later. Now we will move to my number eight. My number eight is Writing with Fire. It's an Indian film. It's a documentary. The synopsis says, In a cluttered news landscape dominated by men, emerged India's only newspaper run by Dalit women. Chief reporter Mira and her journalists break traditions, redefining what it means to be powerful. What a film. And listening to the Q&A after the film with the filmmakers and to, to know that like India with this great population, with this 
great culture and history and power of women, even like women empower in, 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 in governing and, and they don't have any kind of presence in reporting and journalism. Mm-hmm. And to see what they have been through. As Raul mentioned earlier about president and shout out to these people that have been filming through these political conditions. Shout out to every, every filmmaker in these documentaries throughout Sundance and the, the horrific circumstances and the horrific environments they have, they, they have been working through to copy this image to show us what's happening. Sometimes we can see something or hear about something or read about something, but it's not like living it. That's the yeah. power of cinema. That's like the magic of, 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 of the video, the magic of, of seeing what's happening. To hear the experience from the real women that has that have been through this suffering, and to know that like it's one it, in the top five countries in the world, to know the danger of journalism throughout people working there and through these women and what they have been experiencing and what they have been living through and how they are trying to find their ways of showing themselves, how they try to start by YouTube channels and and put the videos there to stand out, how they, they stood out to, to, the, to the, the police corruption, to the government around them, how they tried to teach, how to try to, to, to be taking people away from illiteracy and like teach more people. They're transferred from writing on, on paper with no power at home to, to computer and digital. And we are talking about this happening in the past seven, eight years. I'm not talking about like the mid 20th century. So to see the gap, between India and the technology and like the the, the, the kind of of, the, of their way of Silicon Valley and uh, and how the the programmers and the software developers and see like what happened with women and they're trying to find the rights with journalism and it it was fantastic fantastic filmmaking um Mira this character is like she's exemplary like I I'm waiting for my kids to grow up a little bit to watch something like this to have um an idea about what people can suffer to go through yeah, I love this film as well. Um, it's not in my top ten. It was it was somewhat close. Um, I, I just feel like the, the the documentary filmmaking was a little stronger than some of the other ones. But um, the story is fascinating. I love the approach. Um, you know, the, 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 going from I mean, delete women. My understanding, Shama, you know, the caste system in India is very very complicated and super strict, very structured. Delete women are the lowest of the low, and so for them to like want to achieve anything in life is a very big deal. Um, you know, they like the way they look at them is like, if you get married, just be lucky as a Dalit woman. If you simply find a husband, you're lucky. Um, and Correct. These, these yeah. women are like, no, I want to have a job and I want to be a reporter. And they're, they're completely changing. And on top of that in India, being a journalist is a dangerous field, very dangerous field, much more being a female journalist. Um, it's that much more. And uh, yeah, it, it's really, really cool seeing their, you know where they came from, where they're going, and now even learning how to do YouTube, how to use cell phones, how to record with like microphones and their cell phones. Um, yeah, it's a really, really, really cool journey that we get to see them go through, and now to see that they have like half a million subscribers on YouTube, it's phenomenal. And they are growing, and they started like even to have uh, more presence in the north. Like yeah. they were trying like to be they first. They even got invited to like the UN. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so this is fantastic. Like it's yeah. a story of success. And, and struggle and suffering and, and everything. Like, um, yeah. it's, it's very so inspiring, so inspiring and empowering. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that was my number eight on the list. Moving to my number seven, which is also a documentary, it's, it surprised me. My number seven is Captains of Zatari. It's a movie from Egypt by an Egyptian director about two best friends trapped in the Zatari refugee camp in Jordan. They have an undying dream of becoming professional football players. When a world-renowned sports academy visits the camp, they now have a chance to make this dream come true. With no bias, like I, I'm from Egypt, and the director is from Egypt, and lots of the filmmakers worked on, on that movie are from Egypt, like the DP, the production company. But I was surprised from the way the director embedded narrative with documentary to show their feelings. Like you, when you're watching this film, you don't feel that like uh, that this is what's happening to them every day. You feel like that these these two characters are actors. Well, they are not, but like they are trying to to convey and portray the the image and the feeling of what they have been through from their childhood to the time of filming, which was great, great, great reflection of the message this movie had. Mm -hmm. um, the captivating journey of these two teenage refugees, you feel that like they are young, but they have a, a burden of, of experience, of, of problems they have been through on their shoulders. Like from the moment they left Syria to, to the moment they went to the camp in Jordan, uh, with with their families, the what they, their parents have been through, what their um, close friends have been through, and and it's not only a, a standard regular story about refugee. No, we are seeing as a story of success, um, comparison between poor and rich. They are both in the Arab world, and that renowned um, football club that they are going to in Qatar, in in one of the rich cities in the world, Doha. And you can see the difference on screen between how the camp look dull and poor and how Qatar looks like lively and uh, full of money. And, and, and you can see that these two teenagers, they're just like, they, they, they want to succeed. They want to be there. The, it's a story about friendship, dreams, pain, and, and success. Um, Told really by a different perspective from from, from I, I I see it different. I've never seen something like this to talk about refugees and in 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 this special way where we're showing the success happening to them. It's a universal message about like dreamers and dedication. They are so dedicated to what they are doing, and their sky has no limits. Like they they just like want to reach what they want, and they did. It's a great movie. It's scary because like their ambition is so high. But like they're so limited by their circumstances, yeah. Um, and so the film is heartbreaking. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. One of the strongest scenes when they said, "Like we don't feel like one of them said, I don't feel that I'm a refugee only when I'm playing, when I'm on the field, when I'm when I like when I'm during the game. Like that's the only time I don't feel that I'm a refugee. I feel like myself. Which, which, how impactful is this sentence? You know, like because he he can feel himself. There is no difference between them. So. Lots of great messages in that film. He said, refugee doesn't want your pity. It just wants a chance, a chance to succeed. Yeah. 
Really good. Definitely must watch Captains of Zatai. My number seven is one for the road. Boss is a high-end club owner living in New York who receives a call from his friend Aoud living in Thailand who reveals that he is in the last stages of terminal cancer and has one more adventure he would like to go on. Revisiting his exes to deliver something back to them that he kept from their relationship. This was such a crazy film to me. Um, I was excited to go into it. You know, it is a captivating story that is made all the better by beautiful visuals. Uh, it, it, the cinematography is outstanding. Masterful use of light and shadow. Like that's something that I, I always am looking for. Um, and I'm impressed when a DP and a director are able to do it well. Um, and it's a film that boasts in its ability to bring to life the character's inner thoughts while manipulating the audience's perception. And on top of that, like it has such a great twist. The film, it feels, you know, a big complaint that people are having is that it feels like two different films in one. It does. It does. And I agree. Like, I feel like this could have been a great miniseries, right? Like a four episode miniseries. Um, Cause it has so much story to tell, but I like the twist and I like that. That we, I think the film is a little bit long, but I like that point in which we transition from this story to like this element of the story, which is still related, but like it feels different than what we originally signed on for. Um, you know, again, no spoilers, but like the film, I for me personally, I love what they did with it. Again, I do agree that it's a bit long, but like it's visually stunning, great performances, and the, I think the story just sticks with you. And just feels really special. Um, so it, that's why it made my top 10. I know it did not make your top 10, Shama, but you saw it. Um, but I, I, I really, really, this, this film is really endearing to me. It is. Uh, I, I enjoyed this film. Um, I enjoyed um, the portrayal of the journey. You know, it, it was so genuine. Like, so when you have your best friend and you are, you, you are going on a trip with the, with him or her and you are enjoying your time and especially that you know what's going on the way of reflecting this on the screen was perfect as you all said like it was visually really good like the style the style they have been using between new york and asia was really really good the indoor scenes it looked like high quality uh, blockbuster film like uh, in the restaurant inside the stores you know like uh, the, the, the photography, the cinematography in this film was really, really good. Performance was fantastic. When when I read the synopsis before watching the film, I expected the movie to be more sad. But actually, it had like great fun moments. Yeah, it had a lot of really good moments. Yeah. Really good moments, like their interaction, the relationship between them. It was a little bit long for me. I'm not yeah. sure because it I saw it late long. at night or maybe one of these days that I didn't sleep at all. But it was, I remember it was a little bit long. But I enjoyed the style. I enjoyed the the reflection of the journey between the characters and I enjoyed how the movie ended. So it didn't make my top 10, but it's definitely in my top 15. Now my number six, my number six and Shama's number six are the same. Yeah. Which was like, so like strange. <laughs> like when we, we wrote ours separately and then we found that like we have two common in the same spots. Uh-huh. Uh, so my number six, Shama's number six is Hive. Like many, a woman's husband has been missing since the war in Kosovo. She sets up her own small business to provide for her kids, 
But as she fights against a patriarchal society that does not support her, she faces a crucial decision. So apparently, I don't know a whole lot about the world. <laughs> but in Kosovo, women are not allowed to drive, <laughs> um, which blew me away. This is modern day. It is modern day. It is modern and day. And unfortunately, I didn't know this like about uh, a country considered in Europe, you know, a it's European, European country. country. Yes. So, and for me, like, mm, is it only this village? That, like she's not allowed to drive? Because I still believe that there was like something um, only through that town or that village. I don't believe it was um, through the entire country for some reason. Listen, I don't know. I, it certainly I, seems like it is bigger than just that little town. Yeah, I, I, but so because the, the she can have her driver's she can have her driver's license, so it's a, the government allows that. It's not like it's not like Saudi Arabia, like five years ago, six years ago, that women were not uh, allowed to drive like for forty years. That's true. But um, so I, I think it's more of a village thing. It's possible. About, so like, so like, so like, all the men in the village basically like, if a woman starts to drive, they think they're like whoring themselves around which is like the most absurd thing <laughs> and then they can't they have a really hard time finding jobs because they cannot drive themselves anywhere um because they are seen they're looked down on if they do um straight up mistreated and it, it, it this film had me like 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 on edge like i was just so frustrated the whole film but i was so inspired and fascinated by like her drive to make a better life for herself, for her children, for even her father-in-law, right? Um, and like against even her own family's wishes. Like they're telling her, stop making us look bad. And no, ungrateful, no appreciation Ungr from the yes. family. And she's like, just like, against all odds, she is going to succeed because she sees something. She has a vision that they don't have. Um, and the film is uh, inspiring. It's beautiful um and great very very great strong performances um but like just the the narrative throughout it it's it's put together so well very well directed um and you're on this road right they take you on this road on this journey uh and it pays off and then you realize oh this is all true and it's just so much more powerful um what these, you know, first off, this woman began and then these group of women that joined her, what they've been able to accomplish for themselves and just for women in general, where they live. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you have anything else to add, Shama, but Hive was uh, really, really up there for me. I loved it. I really enjoyed the film. It was really well executed. Like, I love the way of, of building up the story. Like, we, it's, it's, it's based on true story and... We see, we, we are going through the struggle that she's going through. Like we're going through the aftermath with her, like the way she's trying to get gather the money in a way or another. And, and her pride of like that her family is the most important. And at the same time, maintaining the dignity of herself and her family. And um, even including like people that are, that are trying like to force her to have a relationship with her and like the way she's saying, she's saying no and denying this. Uh, when, the, when when they attacked her, uh, the patriarchal community around her and uh, and everybody there, they're not even trying to work. They're just like waiting for the government and, and everybody to fix everything. And they're just like sitting around. Yeah. And she's the only 
one not the only one, I mean, one of you that are trying to help and they have faced that, like, they have to move on. She shouldn't yeah. like, just be waiting and staying and waiting for but the money. They're, they're also just, like, waiting for their husbands to come, right? Because, yes. like, the bodies were never found. And they're just like, no, no, I'm really hopeful that my husband one day just shows up again to aid. And it's just like, no, you can't. Like, she's like, I cannot keep waiting. And I think that's, I think that's another powerful thing is that like her kids are just like, you're giving up on our dad coming back. And so like you moving on means that he's dead and we don't want to accept that. And it's, it's very, very powerful film. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. And the dialogue was really, really good. Like even like it's, it's subtitled definitely, but the, but the dialogue was really um, enjoying, engaging, entertaining. The cinematography was really good. Like it has this like dull feeling that like how, um, how things are like dark and, and when you, it, it gets lighter a little bit when she has like some hope, she's only searching for her basic rights and she's not asking yeah. for anything else. And, and she's willing to do whatever it takes to to make sure that everybody is living a fair and decent life. And I was so happy for this film to win this amount of awards at the festival. Yeah. It really got like that much recognition and appreciation. And from the beginning to the end, it deserved its spot. It 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 fulfilled its message, and I truly enjoyed it. Yeah. Trigger warning. There are there is a bit of sexual assault in this film. Um, so just trigger warning for everybody out there. Yeah. Uh, it does deal with that a bit. Um, it's not a huge part of the film, but it is. Uh, 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 there's a couple of scenes. So, And that was my number six as well as Raul Hive. My number five is Son of Monarchs. Hijo de Monarcas. Yes. It's Alexis Gambi's new movie. A Mexican biologist living in New York returns to his hometown, nestled in the majestic butterfly forests of Michoacan. The journey forces him to confront past traumas and reflect on his hybrid identity, sparking a personal metamorphosis. It's just like a different film. <laughs> really, like it is. Alexis Gambis, the director and writer of this film, he's a biologist and a filmmaker. So he merged that part of, of his life with the film. Yeah, it's it's really a unique experience. Like blending scientific facts with with beautiful drama. Um, the director sheds the light on sensitive subjects as immigration and family connections while highlighting identity. And the way here, without like uh, pointing or like showing this as like the main issue of the film, it's like some somewhere happening in the background. You just like feel all these problems or all these struggles somewhere there. Um, the cinematography was one of the things that stood out throughout the entire film. And throughout the entire festival, it's one of, I think it's one of my best uh, movies this, this year. For uh, It's cinematography is one of the best of Sundance yeah. 2021. The coloring, the artistic composure of, of the film, in addition to the outstanding performance from Tino Coberta, um, I truly enjoyed this film. I've seen it twice. Well, I didn't have like time throughout the festival, but I got a chance to watch this film twice. It's really hard to describe the film without spoiling, and it's a must-see to feel that feeling throughout because you have a feeling throughout the film, and that it's an after-film feeling like that. Like you keep thinking about it. I can relate to the point because I'm an immigrant, 
and I live in the U.S. and I'm from Egypt. And when I talk about somebody like from Egypt, they say, "Okay, you are living there." While while living here in the U.S., I am always an outsider, so I'm never like feeling the same anywhere. The same here, we can see it from the main character. Yeah. He's 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 successful in 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 his in his, what he's doing in New York, but his family and his friends in Mexico don't see him as one of them anymore. He's like, oh, he's that one living in New York, and in New York, he's like, yes, it's New York. They can accept everyone. You can be whoever you want, but you are still an outsider. So I can feel and relate to what he had in this film. Personally, on a personal level, and and that that's why, like I, I love this film. I um, it's my number five on the list. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I agree on the visuals. Um, I it didn't make my top ten because the ending left much to be desired for me. Um, but I agree on a lot of your points. Uh, visually stunning, incredible performance, uh, especially especially from the uh, notch, and. Uh, I got to talk to the DP, which again, I was very excited about because, again, the, the visuals are just what sticks with me um, from this film. So, yeah, I think that's a strong one for you to have on your list. I was surprised for you to have it on your top 10, but I'm happy that you that you did. I really enjoyed this film. And um, it's it, I keep thinking about it. Like, yeah. really, like, I, I keep thinking about the visuals. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. the last thing I'll add about Son of Monarchs is uh, I was not prepared. For I don't know how it affected you. This much butterfly carcass mutilation. Um, it was disturbing to me. I kept flinching every time we saw. He's a biologist, and he's dealing with he's researching butterflies and like what makes butter what determines the color of butterfly wings and their patterns. And I didn't realize that he was going to be cutting butterfly bodies open, and it was. It was it was tough for me, man. Um, but it's part of his job. Like, that's what I he does. Like that. I understand that. I totally get it. It doesn't mean that it did not affect me psychologically while watching the movie. <laughs> All right. At my number five, got another doc. Uh, a doc unlike any doc. It is the Sparks Brothers by Edgar Wright. And the first thing I'll say about this film is that. It's Edgar Wright's first documentary, but it still like even further solidifies that he is such an auteur. Like his style, which is like this fun, it's you know fast-paced, humorous, you know comedic, but in-your-face kind of very quick-cutting um, style. Like it, it very much comes through in his first documentary here um, about a band almost no one has heard of like i know a lot of people that love music from that time and have no idea who i'm talking about when i said do you know who sparks is no but me neither like i i had no interest at all in watching the film then when i realized that oh my god it's edgar wright okay i should give it a chance it's his i love his his features i love like everything he he did so to know that he's making a documentary so why did he choose the sparks brothers Uh, that's was my the top Thing that made me interested in watching the film. So, and as Raul said, like it still looks as an Edgar Wright film. It's, yeah, it's so it, it feels like an Edgar it's so Wright engaging, film. and it has so this like a funny comedic relief in, in when when things are happening. And out of all these documentaries, like which I've never seen this number of documentaries in my life that I really enjoyed, 
as much we have seen at, at Sundance, but it it has its own distinct style. Yes. You know, yeah. like it, it's by like you feel every single shot, and you feel especially when you have the 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 real characters, like the main characters available to for like what the Sparks brothers themselves being in yeah. the, in the film itself and. And the way they are interacting, and the way they are adding in, and the closing of the film, and how yeah. funny it was! It, it's, and the opening, of the and the opening, is so funny. it's so funny. Everything is so funny. Like it's it, you don't expect to to watch a funny documentary because like this, this is this, that's not a thing. Usually, documentaries are like either paying tribute to somebody that passed away, or talking about like a sensitive subject that like will break your heart, or um, documenting something that really happened. But like it's usually sad, you know, like. Even when when I was watching a movie about Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin, that like that this person that like made all these people laugh, it's like you you, you get heartbroken about things in his life. Yeah. So watching a documentary and enjoying your time and be laughing, that's something unique. Yeah. And that's why like I believe Edgar Wright did something yes. strange and yeah. uh, lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely in it's, this film. It's such a lighthearted film. So much fun. Keeps you constantly engaged, laughing. It's one of the longer docs. At Sundance, which like yes. I was very bummed out about, because listen, it, I was trying to finish as many movies as I could, and a two plus hour movie was not ideal for my schedule. But it was Edgar Wright, so I watched it. I'm so glad I did. Um, it's it it keeps you so engaged. It's so funny from the very beginning, um, and it is lighthearted, and stays that way throughout. The saddest thing is that as talented as these guys are, they never reach mainstream, really. Um, but apart from that, like it's just so entertaining, so engaging, and it, it ends on a, on a great note. Um, and I totally understand why he decided to make this documentary after you watch it. Um, yeah, the Sparks Brothers, for me, documentary lovers, it is an absolute must-watch. I played the music the other day, their music, in the car, Desiree loves music like the Beatles and stuff like that. And I played, and she and she got like so excited. She was like, "Oh, you don't usually play music like this. I really like this. What is this? Oh, it's Sparks. No clue. No clue who they are. <laughs> but she really dug their music. Um, but yeah, the Sparks Brothers. Next up at our number four, because this is the other one that we have exactly in the same spot, is Night of the Kings. I don't know about you, Sean, but I was very torn on putting this in my top ten. 2021 Sandance films because we first saw this film at NYFF. Yeah, this is the third time to watch the film yes. at film festivals, and it's one of the most movies that we have been talking about for a long time. We have so, seen the movie the first time at New York Film Festival in September. In September. Then we saw it at uh, Film Fest 919 in October. Yeah. Then we had it at Chicago Film Festival, but like we didn't see it, I believe, that time. Then we saw it again now yeah. at uh, Sundance, and. It's 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 a wonderful experience. It's I'll say this: if it, I I I hope it wins Best International Film at the Oscars because it's that good. It it is visually stunning, incredible narrative. Um, for those who don't know, a young man is sent to Lamaca, a prison of Ivory Coast in the middle of the forest, ruled by its prisoners, with the red moon rising. He is designated by the boss to be the new Roman and must tell a story to the other prisoners until dawn. Yes. Reading this synopsis for the first time, and I think for everyone that didn't see the movie, it's confusing. 
<laughs> people don't understand like, why somebody would be promoted in the prison to be something else. Is this real? And this is real life. And then they find that like La Marca is, is it exactly? It's a tradition. It's a tradition. Shama had made this comparison. It's very much like Arabian Nights, right? So like this guy has he gets he gets chosen against his will to be the you know storyteller for the night, and he has to keep everyone entertained. Otherwise, something bad will happen. Right? Exactly. Um, and it, the film is so engaging, so fascinating, um, and beautifully captured. The cinematography is stunning. The performances blow you away. Like it, it feels so genuine. And this film, I was completely captivated from beginning to end. Uh, it keeps you so engaged. And then just seeing these traditions from this prison in the Ivory Coast, just like, you're just like, wow, I cannot believe this world exists. Uh, I cannot believe what this director came up with and like how he put all this together and how he's able to just keep us engaged. And again, I'm going to say it again. Like, I I hope, I definitely hope it gets nominated at the Oscars and I'm just like, fingers crossed that it wins. I definitely agree with you. What Philippe Lacotte, the director of this film, did, like, this film re reminds us of how profound the power of cinema is. It has been always a magical means of, of artistic experience. Like, it's, it's how you are expressing what you have mixing fiction, mythologies, real-life experience with things together to reflect a message on the screen. And as Raul said, like the film takes us to experience a thematic storytelling inspired by the Arabian Nights and what Shahrazad did to survive a situation close to our main storyteller in this film. It's a smart choice from, I see him as a very skilled and talented filmmaker yeah. to give a very noble message, a message about stories in our lives and showing the African traditions that are near to extinct in, in the suburb, suburban realities and the, the folkloric um, heritage being blended with the entertaining drama and the outstanding cinematic technicalities. The film had the ability to grab our attention from the beginning to the end. And to watch this movie three times and still get entertained, mm -hmm. this means that like it, it fulfilled its message. Like it did it. You know, like I enjoyed this film every time, despite like the visual effects, but everything else is near perfect. Yeah. And I will join you with my voice. Like I really want this film to get nominated. I hope it will win, but I, I think winning will be hard. Like seeing like the other, the other like big submissions from the other countries, but we never know. It's, it's a film that really deserves to be there and to be seen. It's a must watch. There's only one foreign film this year that I, to me, is superior, and that is Padre Nostro. And, and this one is right after. Uh, but I think this one has a better chance of winning just because of the, the overall uh, themes and messages and how it was all put together. But um, no, it's, it's an exceptional film. Again, a must-watch. It is a must-watch. It is. And that was our common number four. My number three, which was Raul's number eight, is Flea. Flea tells the extraordinary true story of a man, his name is Amin, on the verge of marriage, which compels him to reveal his hidden past for the first time. It's a true story. Mm -hmm. And his real name is not Amin, but they have to use this name 
to hide his real character, which also made them do a very smart choice of making this film animation. It's documentary. Yes. Animation. It's can you imagine documentary to be an animation? I can see Throughout. this film. Like the whole thing is the whole animation. film is animation. Yeah. I can see this film getting nominated next year. Like, definitely, it has to be nominated in documentary. It can be nominated in foreign, uh, in international feature, and in uh, it, it, can, it can compete in anything, even best picture, because it, it's eligible for everything. I truly enjoyed this film. Flea is an outstanding animation that takes us on a journey of a teenage refugee. Another story about a refugee, but completely different mm-hmm. from 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 the others. It's like we are seeing this teenager and the dangerous obstacles he had to overcome on his own way to reach a safe haven in Europe. It's an excellent way of mixing documentary with narrative that kept the thrill throughout the entire film. I really don't want to spoil anything about this film. It's like he's an Afghani teenager that had to flee Afghanistan with his with his family. They had to go through horrible experiences between like Russia and children trafficking and sex sex trafficking as well happening somewhere around them. And uh, to to experience the inhumane ways of treatment from lots of the responsible people throughout their ways. And the separation that happened for this kid from his family. That's a lot, yeah. It's, it's, It's overwhelming. Um, the film itself is overwhelming. Oh yes, and and, and dealing with homophobia and homosexuality and um, and asylees and refugees and the political conditions and religion and being lost identity, humanity—it's everything. We're just like seeing a true experience of what, what people, what lots of people have been through, and that's the power and magic of cinema. This movie should. It was selected in the official selection of Cannes Film Festival of last year, but because the festival was postponed, it didn't have its premiere at that time, and its worldwide premiere started at Sundance this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reza Ahmed, the, the, the actor, he's, he has produced this film, and he will be dubbing the English version of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I I will see I, I believe that like, this movie will have lots of talks about it afterwards when lots of people will be seeing it. I hope so. It's it's really really powerful. It it blows you away. Um, it's an incredibly powerful story, and just the fact that they chose animation to tell it to hide his identity. Um, the animation is is not discounted. Like they, it's a very different style of animation, but it's it works well, like really well for the story they're telling and the emotion behind this. Like he he was not afraid to like just put it all out there. Um, and it, yeah, it is great filmmaking. I hope this movie has a lot of buzz. But yeah, it's uh, it's one. This is. I mean, we're we're at, we're in our top three. This is Shama's number three. Um, this is. I mean, I think it's an understatement to say and an absolute must watch this year. Flee. You know, put it on. Put it on your list. Put it on your letterbox. It's something you're looking out for. Um, it is uh, an absolute phenomenal documentary. And I believe that everybody loved the film at the festival. People are just like raving about it, talking about giving giving it four four stars, four and a half stars, everywhere. It 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 was part of the conversation when when the movie premiered with all filmmakers, and uh, and that also pushed 
Neon to acquire the film. Neon acquired the, the film for the release in the United States mm-hmm. for seven figures. We don't know how much they didn't enclose, like how much uh, or that I'm aware of, but this movie would do good, would be good. And I love Neon's choices for from film festivals because they, they succeed. Yeah, they do. They, yeah, good choices. At my number three, these next couple is going to be interesting. My number three is Shama's number two. So, and I, and this is I can't, I can't, so I guess I'll move on to my number two because this is going to be really quick. My number two is Shama's number one. So <laughs> I won't talk about it either. So let's just move on to Shama's number two, which is my number three. Shama, what's your number two? <laughs> okay. My number two, which is Rose number three. That's so confusing. Is Mass. M-A-S-S. M-A-S-S. And it's very smart choice to just call the name Mass. Yeah, I agree. Because I didn't know anything about the film other than like the four main characters that are there. There's no previews. There was no trailer. There's no poster. Just like a picture of Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> Lucius Malfoy, yes. It is. You are absolutely I right. I remember the name of the actor. No. It's your Jason Isaacs. You're just right. Uh, no, it's it's Lucius. Mal- he is Lucius. He Mal- is. He yes. is the Lucius. He Mal- is the Lucius Malfoy. And you're right. Mask is like mass. What's mass? Like mass is. I thought like, mass is the Catholic it, Church gathering. I thought right? like it's a, it's something religious or a tumor. You know, because like some sure. you call it a mass. I didn't think of mass. The and, other and mass. Yes. Yes. It is. It, yeah. It's brutal, 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 brutal. <laughs> but don't reveal anything about it. I'm not reading, I'm not should sure walk into this movie pretty much blind. I really hope everybody will not see even the trailer. Like yeah. They should not watch the trailer. Oh, God. Mass is written and directed by Fran Kranz. It's his directorial debut. He's an actor known as a young teenager in Training Day. He was in Cabin in the Woods as an actor. He's a young actor. He was in Hitch. So to see him writing... And directing this film, it's a strange choice to think about this. And it's not it's not a true story, but it's inspired by several of true stories. Sure. It's like <laughs> it's 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 strange, but he did well. Yeah. The opening of this film and the progress of the story for the first 18 minutes, you don't know what's going on. You, know. you are reacting and interacting with these people. You feel bad for them, and you feel yeah. You're smiling when they're others are smiling. You're sad when people are sad. You're annoyed when people are rude. <laughs> yes, but you don't know why. You don't even know why people why these people are there. You have four people in the same room talking for seven minutes about something that you don't understand. Yeah, but at the same time you are engaged. Yeah, this is the marvelous way of writing a dialogue that attracts all your senses, that your entire instinct is there to analyze and have this faith in the filmmaker that you are waiting on expecting something big to, to be revealed. Yeah. And this is what this movie delivered. And it feels, the thing. The, the other big thing about this film is it, it's so much dialogue. It, it's it, all dialogue. Yeah, it feels so natural. Like, it, it Every second, it's not rushed. It all feels so natural, so real. You genuinely feel like you are there, experienced, like you're a fly on the wall. And all of the dialogue just feels so natural and real. And the pacing is fantastic. Um, yeah, it's it's a very, very impressive. And 
for it being a dirt totally, but you know, this is similar. I mean, very different, right? But similar in like some of the things that I love and admire about Promising Young Woman, which is like for a directorial debut, it is so bold to like take a subject matter and just say, I'm just going to put four people in a room and we're just going to hear them talk. And to, to feel the boldness and the confidence to do this and say, and I believe I'm going to do it in a way that's going to be engaging and powerful. And it's going to keep people in their seats from beginning to end for two hours. Um, Again, I think it's very bold. I think it shows a lot of confidence in his ability to write and his ability to create a visual story. Um, And I really, really admire that. And the film is so powerful. The film, it is so powerful as Rose said like it's the word that can describe everything about this film it excellently succeeded to arouse all our senses experiencing the conversation between the two couples of parents a marvelous sensible way discussing the catastrophic consequences of something happening without like revealing anything mm-hmm. and excellent dialogue and stellar performances I was watching the film and by the end I said like okay can somebody just like buy this movie today so they can release it before February 28th so Anne Douds can be nominated for Best Supporting Actors? Because her performance is worth everything to be nominated for. And I hope this movie will be released later in 2021 so people can always remember it to be nominated for, for Best Supporting Actress. The casting was completely... I, like seeing Martha Plimpton, I always see her like as as funny voice in in the dubbings, um, um, cartoons and things on Disney Junior for kids. Um, uh, she was in the Goonies as the as the, as the youngster. Seeing Anne Dowd uh, in 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 the Hereditary, and we know her like she's a famous actress. But like you didn't expect these four people to be together to deliver this phenomenal, sad story. If we can say like something without revealing anything, I enjoy this film. I love this film and I can, as far as it was breaking my heart, but I can see it again and again. Yeah. Also, there's this shot of this field that when you're, you find out why we keep seeing the shot of this field, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's and fantastic. we see it like three times, I believe, in the, throughout yeah, the entire yeah, film. It's fantastic. It really, really pays off. The whole film pays off. Oh, my God. And the closing and the closing scene and the music and the, and the church. Oh, my God. It, 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 it's fantastic. I'm trying, like, remembering everything about this film. Wow. So that was my number three. And what was my number two? And now we're moving to number one. Yes. My number one is Raul's number two, which is CODA. CODA stands for, it's C-O-D-A. It stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music and her fear of abandoning her parents. Coda is one of this movies for me as well. The picture did not, the poster, it was before a poster, just a picture of the film. It's the still shot from the right. film. It wasn't attracting and there's no trailer. And that's what like I love about like the early post-production of the film or the early marketing of films, that it's not about the way the movie is sold for you. 
It's about your interaction with something that you're not aware of. And this proves my point of like avoiding watching trailers as much as I can and be surprised by the wonders of filmmaking. Coda is one of these films that can make you happy and laughing and smiling and engaging with the interaction and watching what's happening and feeling happy for these fa- for these families. And at the same time, you can be like crying so bad. Like we enjoyed this film as much as I was like laughing and smiling and then crying. Watched this film twice, the opening night, and then at the closing night after it, it almost won everything, most of the big awards at Sundance Film Festival. And then it was acquired by Apple for $25 million, which is the most amount of... It's the biggest deal. It's the biggest deal I've ever been paid for a film from Sundance. A great choice from Apple. It's a great family film that uh, I'm not sure when Apple will release it on their platform, but it it will be a great um, family appreciation day film. I can see this film getting released in Christmas time. I can see this movie getting released in theaters if it, it got its proper marketing. It's, it's, it's a very alluring film about like love and ambition. It's heartening story showing the joys and struggles of, it's a, she's the only child in a deaf, like she's the only hearing child in a deaf family. Mm-hmm. Wonderful performance, wonderful performance. And we have to mention it several times. We have three of the main actors in the film that are deaf, I really respect the insisting and the choice of Sean Heder that like she said like that she has to have deaf cast performing the roles. And they delivered wonderful performances. We were so engaged with them. We were so in love with everything they were doing. And they were wonderful actors. I enjoyed everything in this film. The music, the songs, it, it's it's light, it's heartfelt, it's true. It shows like the the family connections. What a marvelous choice of starting the festival with, and a great film to end for me the festival with. Like after it won all these awards, I had to watch it again, and I truly enjoyed every single second of this film. Yeah, I'll just echo what you said. It, it is. It's uh, by everything you said. It's it's a fantastic film. Eugenio Derbez is also in the film, um, and he's just—he adds this like level of humor, um, and yeah, every every per, every person in the cast just did a, a phenomenal job in the film. The film is just so delightful from beginning it is. to end. Yeah, and uh, and it, yeah, it it, it yeah, it, it's it, it's exceptional. Um, yeah, and it's I I'm really excited for. Apple to release it so that more people can see it. And and I think it's deserving that this is the biggest deal made for from a Sundance film um, because I, I think it's going to reach so many audience members. Um, and it's so really, it's not like, it doesn't have a small audience that it's trying to attract, but it has a massive audience because anyone can watch this film. Um, so yeah, this is one to look out for. And yeah, expect Apple TV Plus, it's coming. Yeah, as my wife said, like she said, I will be campaigning for this movie for people to remember so it can be nominated next year. She said, like, this film is the film that we need in 2021 to start like feeling that like life is going on. The happiness is coming, like things will get better. It's so promising. 
It'd be cool to get nominated. I don't see it getting nominated. I mean, either, yeah. yeah. But like, there's no, I, I just don't see any way of it getting nominated. But I do, it would be cool to see it nominated. And then last up, my number one surprised Shama. I, I, no one is talking about this movie. It surprised me. I didn't even see it. I don't think anyone saw this film. Except for <laughs> me, because no one is saying anything about it. It's another documentary called Rebel Hearts. A look at LA's sister, the Immaculate Heart nuns who challenged the patriarchal conventions of the Catholic Church 50 years ago and are still taking a stand today. This is one of the best films overall at Sundance. This is, to me, the best documentary at Sundance simply because of the way it's told, the way it's all put together. The pacing is exceptional. It's entertaining. They use great music. They, the, the editing, which like often can lack in a documentary, is fantastic. Um, and then the subject matter is so engaging. Like I went into it and I was just like, yeah, this is in- this sounds interesting. Like these like rebel nuns, you know, that like decided to like just like yeah, challenge the system of the Catholic Church, which is ancient and outdated. <laughs> And they were like, we're going to challenge it because there's no reason for us to continue this way. And just what happened to them, you know, how the Catholic Church treated them and, you know, what ultimately became of them and now where they are or where, I guess, their organizations are like because of what they achieved back then. Um, Shama, you did not catch this. I wish you had. Um, because I think I feel like it would be up there for you. Because again, um, it, it, it's it. I feel like the pacing is similar to Sparks Brothers. Oh, because, really? Yeah, it, it, they use music really well, and the the pace is just like like very quick, but it has depth. Um, they use animation to keep you entertained um, and to keep you engaged, and to just like tell parts of the story that are not filmed um, that you're hearing the story. So they use at like like animation to like kind of portray what still what what the nuns are telling happened back then i really tried to watch like almost everything yeah. but uh once once it's available like uh, at another film festival soon or if uh, it was acquired by a studio i will try once it's available to watch it Again, i'm so excited to watch it now i don't think anyone else saw this movie because no one is talking about this movie um, and I can understand maybe why people would be like, why would I watch that movie? It's about none. So, no, it's like, if you get a chance to watch it, Rebel Hearts, again, my number one Sundance film, because it is it is exceptionally well made, but it just surprised me. It is, I think it's the only film at Sundance I gave a perfect score to. Five out of five? five wow. Five, yeah. It, well, for us, 10 out of 10, because... I hate the five scale, but yeah, letterbox know, but gives they, me no option. But I mean, like uh, in Sundance, <laughs> the voting system was only five like stars, it. yeah. But um, but yes, it because it, it's documentary at its best, and it the pacing is great, the subject matter is enter- it is good, and it keeps you engaged. And the way that they chose to tell it and edit it, like this, it, it is exceptional filmmaking. Um, so yeah, um. Rebel Arts. Yeah. Uh, understatement to say this. If you get a chance to watch it, watch it. Um, yeah. It, it's really, really good. And that is 
our top 10. There was, there was a lot of great stuff to see at Sundance. Um, again, it was difficult to put our list together. Um, very few movies that we would say were not good. Um, but, uh, but this was, this was the 10 best for us. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you stayed entertained. Make sure you guys find some time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us climb the charts, helps people find us, and uh, also just helps us, gives us feedback on like what people are enjoying, what we should continue doing, and what we should no longer do. <laughs> so if you could take 10 seconds to go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, make sure you check out the site. I have written several reviews on there from the Sundance Films. More to come. So if you want further insight on some of these films get on there check it out and reportpod.com and that's also where you can stay up to date with a lot of other industry stuff going on shama where can people find you you can find me at mohammed chama on twitter and instagram and you can find me at the raul nevado and you can find us at and report pod on twitter on instagram hey be a part of the show if you have a report let us know this is yours Minorities Report. Peace.